It's the Pete Callender Show. With more than 20 years as a reporter and radio host in North Carolina, Pete Callender is helping solve the world's problems one podcast at a time. Because he's a giver. And now, here's Pete. What's going on? Welcome to the show. It is September 30th, 2020. Thank you very much for joining me. I appreciate it. Thanks for making the show part of your day. The show is made possible by patrons such as Rhonda and Ashley, David, Marlene, Michelle, Sarah and Frank, Jolene and Paul, Eric, Nick, Beth and Dal, Mark and Bill. I appreciate all of the support. Couldn't do it without you. They became patrons uh, to support the show, and you can too. Go to thepetecalendarshow.com, click the link there, or you can find the links in the description of the podcast. Uh, so uh, last night was the debate. That's what we're talking about. Here. All right, that's the, end of the, here. that's the end of the Should segment. We're, mo- we're moving on. It didn't take them. Well, Vice President, very, Chris, no. I, can I be honest? It's a very important question. Try to question. be honest. No, I, he, I stood up, no, he stood I, up. No, the answer to the question is no. Ukraine. No, I, sir. With a billion sir, dollars, if you don't get rid of the That is you know what, you're, wait, not stop. true. You're doing it. You're going to have. True. Gentlemen. I hate to raise my voice, but it seems to be. Why shouldn't I be different than the two of you? All right. So that was the debate last night in a nutshell. That was <laughs> really, really frustrating to watch and listen to. Anybody who works in broadcasting knows that when you start talking over each other like that, the audience becomes very agitated, angry. They don't like it. It's frustrating. They can't hear what's going on. And both of these guys are to blame. Trump is Trump, right? His constant interruptions, I think, hurt him. I think uh, he did not uh, he did not dole them out. He did not ration out the interruptions. Dana Perino, the former White House press secretary for George Washington uh, or uh, George W. Bush, uh, he said that uh, President Trump came very prepared. He had some great lines. The only thing he kept doing, though, was interrupting Joe Biden when Joe Biden might have been just about to fumble on the one yard line. And so those moments did not happen. Right. He didn't give Joe enough time to basically, you know, talk himself into a corner. Also, I thought Trump had some good points to make. I think he steamrolled, though, so often that they didn't land with the impact that they could have. In other words, this is your own worst enemy kind of stuff. Now, is it going to matter? I don't know. Uh, As Jim Garrity at National Review wondered today, if you were leaning against voting for Trump, are you going to start preferring him now? Did that actually, did that performance last night convince people to vote for him? I'm not so sure. <clears throat> now, I am sure that if you're looking for a mattress, you go to Mattress Man stores. They have four locations in Asheville, Arden, and Hendersonville. They ship nationwide. Christy and I bought our memory foam mattress from Mattress Man about eight years ago. We love it. Uh, we say it's like sleeping on a marshmallow. Manuel, one of the listeners of the show, he went over there and got a mattress from Mattress Man in Hendersonville. He says, quote, they provided outstanding service at what I thought was a great price. Delivery and setup was done very professionally, as you mentioned on your podcast. They have five-star local delivery service. They have a 120-day comfort guarantee, and they have a deal right now, the triple zero deal, zero money down, zero interest for two years, and what, no payments for 
90 days, three months, it's true. Triple zero. You can also get a free box spring with the purchase of a Biltmore mattress. You can get a free adjustable base with the purchase of select mattresses as well. Here's a deal. $399 for a 10-inch queen-sized gel memory foam mattress. Okay? Take advantage of Mattress Man's deals, mattressmanstores.com, and experience the difference at Mattress Man. Buy local and sleep better. So, as I have said for years... Donald Trump's superpower, basically, is that he has no shame, okay? He will say things and do things that other, you know, respectable politicians and people won't. And um, and I know that kind of ticks off a lot of Trump supporters when I say that, uh, and I'm sorry, but uh, that's that's my view of the guy. But because of this, this is why I call it his, you know, superpower, is because of this, he drags his opponents to his turf, and then they engage in the exact same kind of behavior that Trump does. So Trump was, yeah, he was rude to Joe Biden, but Biden wasn't much better. Biden insulted Trump often. Biden interrupted Trump. Biden told lies like Trump, uh, but he just does them in sort of this acceptable tone, you know, at an acceptable volume. Biden insulted Trump a couple times, different ways, very early on, um, you know, called him, uh, called him stupid, called him a racist. Um, as Peter J. Hansen, or sorry, Hassan, he's a political reporter for the Daily Call, uh, Caller, he tweeted out, the more Trump drags himself, Biden and Chris Wallace, into the mud, the more the debate is a win for Trump. Now, that's a particular line of thinking. Look, I've never known how to judge who wins a debate unless in like the most obvious cases. And one of the most obvious cases in my lifetime was actually the Mitt Romney debate against Barack Obama. The very first debate that they held and Mitt Romney mopped the floor with him. And it was so bad. I remember going into the vice presidential debate a week later between Biden and Paul Ryan that the left was like, you know, we really need Biden to perform tonight. They, they, they were really hoping that Biden would, you know, do the dirty work, would would would, you know, shank Paul Ryan in ways that Barack Obama just couldn't do because he was just such a nice guy. And Joe Biden did it eight years ago. Joe Biden was the belligerent interrupter in his debate against Paul Ryan and the left cheered him for his obnoxiousness because they needed the win. The left needed to be re-energized. They recognized this, and Biden delivered by behaving a lot like Trump did last night. The Guardian newspaper, I went looking back at some of the coverage. The UK Guardian, for example, described it like this. this was, they, they, they kind of had a good summation of it. Uh, Biden's alpha male display, they called it. They, see, so when he does it, it's an alpha male display, part angry barroom debater, part condescending elder uncle, part comic mime artist. Quote, stop talking about how you care about people, he interrupted. He, de- he made demands to, you know, show me a policy. If you watched the debate last night, you know, that sounds familiar. He was talking all about how, you know, you don't have a plan. I have a plan. Plans. Uh, I believe in plans. Where's your plan? Over and over and over again bulldozing his way through the 90-minute debate is how The Guardian described it. Jim Garrity at National Review, he noticed it too. He said, quote, but with motor-mouthed, relentless heckling and constant interruptions, Trump made it impossible for Biden to make any of his arguments. Trump did to Biden what Biden did to Paul Ryan years ago, eight years ago. This is why I keep saying to people, 
um, particularly in North Carolina politics, because this is usually how it comes up. History didn't begin with Donald Trump. A lot of people want to just start uh, history marking time and, you know, everything turns anew with a new presidency or something. But people who have been around and watched how, you know, Paul Ryan and Mitt Romney were treated in 2012 in that race, that is how you got Donald Trump. And that hasn't gone away. People do still remember it. People on the right remember it. And I know that there are people of the left who don't understand that or they've forgotten it or they didn't think it was that bad. Oh, that's just old Joe. Right. Because what we dismiss the transgressions of our allies because they're in service to a greater cause. Right. We're willing to look past these things. This is why people uh, are, are okay, kind of hold my nose and vote for Donald Trump because he's going to give us judges. Right. And this is why people are okay, kind of hold my nose, vote for Joe Biden, because he's going to get rid of Donald Trump. People are picking the lesser of evils, but it still means they're picking an evil. That's kind of the deal there. Also, um, this is what politics and the ordained political elite. This is what politics has been about for quite a while now. There has been this facade of sophistication and aptitude and competence. And it was only just that, a facade. There are a lot of these people in these you know, uh, positions of power and influence that, frankly, don't deserve it. They're not capable, they're, they don't have the temperament, and, and, they, and they don't have the ethical code to be in those positions. And they're all over the place. And that's what the information age really has exposed for all of us. Now, for me, the big takeaway of the evening came pretty early on. And it was the Supreme Court uh, discussion that, you know, they made some comments about Amy Coney Barrett and um, the process and all of that. But that wasn't really the thing that uh, that I found to be the most instructive and illustrative of where we are right now. Um, It was the question about the packing of the Supreme Court. There has been talk about ending the filibuster or even packing the court, adding to the nine justices there. You call this a distraction by the president, but in fact, it wasn't brought up by the president. It was brought up by some of your Democratic colleagues in, well, the, saying, in the Congress. So my question to you is, you have refused in the past to talk about it. Are you willing to tell the American people tonight whether or not you will support either ending the filibuster or packing the court? Whatever position I take on that, that'll become the issue. The issue Correct. is the American people should speak. You should go out and vote. You're in voting now. Vote and let your senators know how you strongly you feel. Let Vote now. Are you pack the Make court? sure you, in fact, let people know you're a senator. I'm not going to answer the question Why because, you that because question? the you question is, the question Supreme is, Court the radical question, left. Will you who shut is up, your, man. Listen, who is on your list, Joe? This Who's is on your so list? right. Gentlemen, this is, I think this we've is ended so this. He's going to pack the court. We have end, oh, no, no. Not give a list. We have ended this segment. We're going to move on to the second segment. That was really a pr- productive segment, wasn't it? <laughs> Keep yapping, man. The people understand, Joe. <laughs> they should 47 do. years, you've Joe, done nothing. They understand. Oh, All right. So you hear how Joe Biden does the same thing that Donald Trump does. He first starts interrupting the question, just like Trump does, right? Um, he call, he says he tells the president, shut up, man, calls him unpresidential. Quit your yapping. Right. Donald Trump engages in much the same way that Joe Biden does. This is what kills me, too, about of all the people that the Democrats chose to nominate out of that pack of like a million candidates. They picked the guy who's almost the Democratic version of Donald Trump. Almost. Um, 
But you'll notice in the answer, Joe Biden refuses flat out to answer. And his response is that if I answer, then you'll know it'll be an issue. But he's saying, if I answer, you're going to know my position. But and, and so what I want you to do instead is to go vote. Well, what am I voting for, Joe? Am I voting to pack the court or am I voting not to pack the court? You won't tell me. So what if I put you in place? What does that guarantee? He's not answering. We all know what, what his answer is. His answer is whatever the party needs me to do. That's what his answer is. Okay, so he either because his answer by refusing to answer and by the way, his vice presidential nominee pick uh, Kamala Harris, uh, she was asked after the debate on CNN about court packing and she refused to answer the question as well. This has been going on now for well, since uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg died. They won't answer this question. Why won't they answer it? So here are the options. They either want to do it. They will allow it to happen. Or they want their voters to think they want it and will allow it to happen. That's it. Those are the options, folks. He's either on board with it, he's going to allow it to happen, or he wants everybody to think that he's on board or will allow it to happen. And that is disqualifying. For me, that's disqualifying. Any chance that you had for me to get on board with a you know Joe Biden protest vote is gone. Because if you can't answer that question... Pound sand, buddy. Come on, man. Uh, one other point here before I get to a lot more of these sound bites, which is debate formats matter. I think that Donald Trump probably would prefer a town hall kind of a format. It, it just suits his style, which is more, you know, bulldozer than surgeon. <laughs> um I suspect Joe Biden prefers the format where you have timed responses because, look, he's trained in that format. You know, he's a creature of D.C. He's been there forever and he knows how to speak on a clock. And it allows him when you're on a clock like that, it allows you to avoid answering tough questions and it allows you to land nasty attacks without the chance for a rebuttal. And you get to make these little, you know, under the breath snide comments that can derail somebody and chew up their time. And Chris Wallace, the moderator, and I've I, look, I'm, I've always been ambivalent about Chris Wallace. I don't really I, I can't get a read on his politics all the time. I suspect he's kind of left of center, but I don't know. I don't pay that much attention to him and I don't watch Fox News. So I don't know. But I was not really impressed with his performance last night. He seemed more interested and intent on getting to his questions, getting the, you know, I got to make sure I get to this topic rather than uh, fleshing out the answers on a single topic. You know, you got to, as a moderator, you got to be able to adapt. If these guys are going at each other over a pretty important topic, like, oh, I don't know, packing the Supreme Court, you don't bail them out of the debate in order to, I want to talk about this other topic. Who cares, man? Who cares? But that's exactly what Wallace did. Now, I don't know. Was he trying to save Joe Biden there? That's possible. Trying to save him from, um, you know, from the obvious problem that was his answer. That's possible. I I don't know. Um, I just don't care for that format at all. Um, They then spent a good bit of time on COVID. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on these. I just have one soundbite here, and it's actually only eight seconds. uh, Because 
it's obvious what this argument is. You know, Joe Biden is arguing that Donald Trump didn't do enough. And uh, Donald Trump is arguing that he did a great job. And if Joe Biden had done it, uh, had been in charge, uh, then it would have been a lot worse. And that the Democrats in these blue states are trying to keep these states closed in order to hurt him. But when, in fact, they're actually hurting people. Now, the idea, my opinion, the idea here that Donald Trump tanked the economy is it's it is laughable. It's ludicrous. This idea that, you know, this is Donald Trump's economy. Yeah, I would say it's COVID's economy. OK, and I would say that if it was a Democrat in the office as well, when you shut down, when the governors of all these states shut everything down, or even if it was a national lockdown order, uh, then you're doing that in order to combat the the spread of the virus. But if we're going to be assigning uh, blame to politicians for the economy, then I guess we're going to call North Carolina's economy Roy Cooper's economy. Is that how that works? You can argue that Trump bungled the response to COVID, right? You could say it could have been better, but he's not the one who shut down North Carolina or any state for that matter. You cannot tell me that uh, COVID is so lethal that it requires the lockdowns, but then turn around and blame Trump for the lockdowns, which, by the way, he did not issue. Now, there is an argument being made by Democrats and the media that the pandemic was avoidable somehow. And I don't really understand this argument either. I don't think that's known, actually. I'm not saying it it couldn't be true. Um, I'm sure when you're talking about government response to anything, it could be better. <laughs> uh, that's just my take on GovCo in general. So, yeah, I can imagine there would be things that should have been done that weren't done. And had they been done, we might have minimized the impact of COVID-19. Um, but I don't think that's known right now for certain. And I don't think um, that if it was completely true, we would still see the global presence of the virus. Now, you can say, well, we have, you know, way more of the percentage of deaths in America. And this gets to the soundbite here. This gets to a key point. This is the COVID debate in a nutshell. Take a listen. People want their places open. They want to get back to their lives. People They'll want be to careful, be safe. but they want their schools open. Okay. Want I'm the one safe. that You hear that? You got Trump saying people want their businesses to be open. And what does Biden say? People want to be safe. That's the division here. You've got people who are saying, I want freedom. I place a higher value on freedom than the risk that I see this uh, virus presenting. And you have other people who are saying, I value safety, security. I value that more than the freedom. Because my risk assessment is that this is killing all sorts of people all the time everywhere. Um, and I would submit, as I have mentioned many times on this program, that the misperception of risk in America is what is sowing this division. Uh, I am I've been like the last press conference that uh, the Secretary of Health and Human Services of North Carolina, Mandy Cohen, she started trying to uh, assure parents now that the risks to K through five students is not terribly high. It's not. And and the problem is they've spent six to seven months and the media as well has spent so much time uh, stoking parents fears that now you've got to uh, you've got to basically break the parents of that indoctrination of these ideas. Look, like, perfect example. Last night, I had a guy who's been following the show for since I started eight years ago. 
a fan of the show, was a donor t- on the the uh, on the Patreon page, and uh, he was like, you know, you, you're you're spouting out dangerous stuff on COVID and kids, and it's personal now and all this. And he's like, you know, I'm never gonna listen to you again. He ripped my bumper sticker off his car and everything. This is what happens when people buy into the fear. You have to be able to assess the risk, and the risk is different by age group, by population, by comorbidities. There are all sorts of factors at play here. But that is the the COVID debate right there in a nutshell. You've got people who are uh, they're prioritizing freedom, and you have other people who are prioritizing security. It's sort of an age-old dilemma. Kind of like, hey, I need to do some work at the house, but I don't have the tool to do it. What do I do? Well, along comes a fantastic idea like General Equipment Rental in Weaverville, family owned and operated for three generations. And uh, think back to last fall. Were you promising yourself at that time, like, this is going to be the last season I use this crummy old leaf blower? (laughs) (laughs) I've been there. I've been there. I had a leaf blower and... I would use it and the bag was all ripped and I would end up having to rake up. It was even worse because the uh, I would it was a blower and a suction deal. And so when I would suck up all the leaves and it would grind them down and then the bag was open and it would all fall out. So now I'm raking up the particles of leaves. It was just terrible. So here's here's the solution. Go to General Equipment Rental. They've got the big Husqvarna fall sale going on right now. Take advantage of the big savings on gas-powered and battery-powered equipment. Go to GeneralRents.com. And look at the chainsaws, the blowers, the mowers, the trimmers, the saws, all of the equipment. I spent like two hours the other day looking at this stuff, and I don't even have a house. I live in an apartment, although I will be having a house soon. So uh, I'm already starting to plan my course, you know. Um, They've got the riding mowers. They've got the pro-grade stand-on mowers as well. Go to GeneralRents.com and get pre-qualified for 0% APR for 48 months. And you can also learn about the commercial fleet discounts as well. General Equipment Rental in Weaverville. Whatever the project, General Equipment Rental has the tool that you need. General Equipment Rental. GeneralRents.com and think outside your toolbox. So on the COVID argument, um, the Democrats keep saying that the economy has to stay shut down until we beat COVID. This is and Biden made this case last night as well. Uh, Meanwhile, blaming Trump for the economy being shut down. And that just strikes me as a bit duplicitous, sort of trying to have your cake and eat it, too. CNN put out a fact check as well uh, for a comment that uh, uh, Trump made during the debate where Trump said that Joe Biden called him xenophobic for imposing travel restrictions. Okay. That and, and Trump, they were like, I didn't pull a lot of this audio because, as you'll hear, uh, a lot of it is just them screaming over each other. And it's just terrible audio uh, for that purpose. So Trump claimed Joe Biden called him a xenophobe for imposing the travel restrictions on China at the very beginning of the pandemic. OK, so here's CNN's fact check. Did Trump uh, say this? It is not clear that Biden even knew about Trump's China travel restrictions when he called Trump xenophobic on the day the restrictions were unveiled. (laughs) Biden has never explicitly linked his accusation of xenophobia to these travel restrictions. This is why people call you fake news, CNN. You're telling me 
that Joe Biden happens to, of all days, call Donald Trump a xenophobe on the day that Trump announces travel restrictions from China. And we're supposed to believe that you just can't possibly figure out if they're connected, if these two things are connected. (laughs) It's just ridiculous. Donald Trump lies, right? That's the other thing. Donald Trump lies. Everybody knows this. And uh, look, I'm not going to argue with supporters. He does. Okay, the guy lies about all sorts of stuff. Um, And I was saying this four years ago. I continue to say it now. I also uh, hold him in the uh, to the same standard as I hold all politicians. They all lie. Okay, so I'm not holding him to a different standard. Joe Biden, though, also lies. And this is another reason why people of the right get fed up watching these types of debates, which, by the way, Chris Wallace, he's the only guy as a moderator for the next. I think they've got two more debates. He's he's the only, quote, conservative moderator that they've got slated for this. So. This was the best chance that Donald Trump had to be treated uh, in a somewhat neutral fashion. We shall see. Uh, Drew Holden works in uh, communications in D.C. He also writes commentary at The Resurgent, and his work has appeared in The New York Times, The National Review, The Washington Post, and The D.C. Examiner. He said that there were probably four or five different points that Joe Biden made that were conspiracy theories that the media had pushed. And there was no pushback on any of these from Chris Wallace. For example, the Russian bounties story. Right. This story has never had any evidence to support it, he says. There were unnamed sources from a New York Times article, but it was rejected as true uh, or rejected as being false, I should say, by a military investigation. Yet this continues to be cited as true. And when Joe Biden says it, there's no pushback from the moderator. Number two, the good people on both sides lie. This has we have gone over this so many times. This is what Joe Biden says prompted him to run for president was President Trump's response to Charlottesville, where he said good people on both sides. When you read the transcript, you see very clearly he's talking about a uh, a gathering of opposition against tearing down the Robert E. Lee Memorial, the statue in Charlottesville. There was there were other events that then co-opted that event. He was talking about that. He's talking about the disagreement about the statues. But again, in true Trumpian fashion, because he speaks in word salad, um, you end up with just all of these, you know, flights of ideas just piled into an answer. And by the way, this happened last night, which is why everybody is talking about how, you know, he refused to condemn white supremacy. Again, we're having this argument. In fact, he did. But the media doesn't want to cover it that way because they have a particular narrative that they would very much like to advance. And this is why people don't trust mainstream media outlets. Here was another one. Joe Biden said Donald Trump did not push the president of China on investigating what happened in Wuhan regarding the coronavirus. And that's not true. The idea that Antifa doesn't exist as an organization. Uh, That's what Joe Biden said. I'm going to come back to that. Uh, What else? We have Trump's comments about members of the military, the losers, their suckers, that thing. We've got 21 people on the record denying that that happened. Even people who cannot stand Donald Trump say it didn't happen. But the reporting relies on four unnamed sources. And so it's, quote, true. Well, you know, 
it sounds true, I guess, right? What's the, isn't it the George Costanza standard from Seinfeld? It's not a lie if you believe it. The Kellyanne Conway quote that Biden misrepresented yet again, the masks nonsense. He says, I've repeated myself on this a thousand times. We had no idea that masks would help back in March. We were told specifically that they didn't actually. We were told, don't go out and buy masks by the experts. And they said sometime later, the reason why they gave that advice was because they wanted to preserve the PPE, the masks and such for the frontline healthcare workers. And there was concern that if they let everybody go out and buy them, then there wouldn't be enough for the people who work in the hospitals. So, no, the, the idea that we should have adopted a mask mandate right out of the gate Nobody was saying that. And in fact, Democrats were saying, come on down to Chinatown. It's totally fine. Only racists and xenophobes would say that this is uh, uh, some sort of a contagious flu from China because they hate Chinese people. This was all at the very beginning, folks. Trade deficit with China. um, It's just this. uh, He said this is not a true statement from Biden about the trade deficit as well. So he counted nine different quote, lies or conspiracy theories that Joe Biden advanced that were not called out by Chris Wallace and that are accepted as true in the media when they're not. Biden said also, this was pretty interesting, and I got, uh, let's see here. Oh, I've got the audio. Yeah, let's go ahead and play it. This is the, um, this is Joe Biden on the Green New Deal. I mean, the Green New Deal and the the, idea of what what your environmental changes will do. The Green New Deal will pay for itself as we move forward. We're what? not going to build plants that, in fact, are great polluting plants. Do you We're support the re- Green New Deal? P- pardon me? Do you support No, I don't support the Green oh, New Deal. Oh, you don't? Oh, well, well that's a big not, statement. I support that means you the, just Biden. the radical left. I, su- okay. I support oh, the don't. Biden plan that I put forward. Okay. The Biden plan, which is different than what he calls the radical Green New Deal. All right, gentlemen. Okay, he doesn't call it the Green New Deal. I mean, maybe Joe Biden is saying that he calls it radical, but the Green New Deal, it is radical. It was radical. Okay, Uh, And it was co-sponsored by your running mate, Kamala Harris. Just heads up on that one. Also, when you go to the Biden website, uh, he says he doesn't support the Green New Deal. But the website says, quote, Biden believes the Green New Deal is a crucial framework for meeting the climate challenges we face. So again, trying to have his cake and eat it, too. He wants to say he's opposed to it or he doesn't support it, but he's going to say, I'm going to build my entire policy off of it. Okay, so that's totally different. Joe Biden um, also denied that he called members of the military stupid bastards. When uh, Donald Trump said that to him, made that comment, Joe Biden accused him of lying. And he says, I never said that. When, in fact, there is video of him saying that exact thing. Now, he had after this video came out a couple, like about a week or so ago, uh, he, he tried to say, well, he did say his campaign said that he was just kidding. That was just joking around. It was at some, you know, he says, clap. You know, you stupid bastards. He was at some event and he wanted everybody to clap for I forget who, maybe his wife or something. Um, I I don't recall the circumstances, but I watched the video and he clearly says it. But he says last night that he didn't. This would count as one of the, you know, the multitude of lies that Joe Biden always tells. And look, Joe Biden has told whoppers his entire career. This is why it kills me when I hear people that are like, I can't believe Donald Trump lies all the time. I'm going to nominate Joe Biden. Joe Biden had to drop out of his first presidential race because he got caught plagiarizing. Come on, man. (laughs) I think I can get on board with this as a catchphrase. Come on, man. 
Joe Biden also said, I am the Democratic Party. This became kind of important uh, in a minute. I'll tell you why. Biden's running mate, as I mentioned, was the original co-sponsor of the Green New Deal. And uh, Andy sent over uh, a fun fact uh, to me on Twitter. He did a Google or a, sorry, a control F search in the Green New Deal 32 times um, or sorry, a Google search in the um, uh, the Biden plan. And in the Biden plan, his clean energy uh Page 32 times the word union appears 32 times on the clean energy page of Joe Biden's plan. And every single time the word applies to jobs, union jobs. So he's going to unionize the entire energy sector. Sounds like it. Um, so there's that. What else? Uh, let's go to let me skip ahead here. Do, 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 do. We got Antifa and the Proud Boys. And race relations. Here is the question on critical race theory, which, by the way, I want to say this just uh, out of the gate. Critical race theory is not racial sensitivity training, just for the record here. This month, your administration uh, directed federal agencies to end racial sensitivity training that addresses white privilege or critical race theory. Why did you decide to do that, to end racial sensitivity training? And do you believe that there is systemic racism in this country, sir? I ended it because it's racist. I ended it because a lot of people were complaining that they were asked to do things that were absolutely insane, that it was a radical uh, revolution that was taking place in our military, uh, in our schools, all over the place. And you know it, and so does what, everybody what, what else. Radical, and he would know. What is oh, radical totally about racial sensitivity training. Sir. If you were a certain person. Uh, hear that? What is radical about racial sensitivity training? What Wallace is doing there, not only is he displaying either his ignorance uh, or his mendacity, I'm not sure, but um, he, what, he say, what he's doing is conflating racial sensitivity training with critical race theory. And they're not the same. That's not, I mean, it's one thing to say, hey, everybody, you know, want to be sensitive about racial matters. Here's how you can talk about racial matters. That's one thing. Critical race theory is something else. You had no status in life. It was sort of a reversal. And if you look at the people, we were paying people hundreds of thousands of dollars to teach very bad ideas and, frankly, very sick ideas. And, and really, they were teaching people to hate our country. And I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to allow that to happen. We have to go back to the core values of this country. They were teaching people that our country is a horrible place. It's a racist place. And they were teaching people to hate our country. And I'm no not going to allow that to happen. Vice President Biden. Nobody's doing that. He's just yeah, they are. He's oh, you, racist. You, you just don't. Here's know. the deal. I, I know a lot more about you this. Than you Let him finish. All right. So do you hear that? He said no, no one's doing that. That's not what's happening. And Donald, sorry, I stepped on Donald Trump's interruption. <laughs> but he. He's wrong. Joe Biden is incorrect. And then that's where he calls Trump a racist. Happened. Vice President Biden. Nobody's doing that. He's just he's oh, the you, racist. You, you just don't. Here's know. the deal. I, I know a lot more about you this. Than he does. Let him finish. The fact is that there is racial insensitivity. People have to be made aware of what other people feel like, what what insults them, what is demeaning to them. Right. So this is the whitewashing, uh, you know, no offense intended, uh, of critical race theory, conflation with racial sensitivity training. Chris Rufo at the New York Post 
has been doing a ton of reporting on these types of seminars and uh, training sessions going on in the government. He says the trainers ask white managers to create safe spaces where black employees can explain what it means to be black and to be seen in their pain. White staffers are instructed to keep silent and to sit in the discomfort of their racism. If any conflicts arise, the trainers insist that whites, quote, don't get to decide when someone is being too emotional, too rash, or too mean. Whites are told they can't protest if a person of color responds to their oppression in a way that the white person doesn't like. When you tell white people in a workplace setting that they are all inherently racist and then you leave after the one day seminar or training session, you then go on your merry way. And all of those people now that are left behind in that workplace environment and they're all sitting around. What do you think they talk about? Do you think they talk about how, wow, what a great training session. We're all now, you know, not racist anymore because it cured us of the racism. Or do you think that they all look at each other now and say, oh, you see Bill over there? Total racist. Yeah, that's what it came out in the training session. He's a racist. Oh, and that one over there, too? He's a racist as well. Yeah, what's up, racist? So now you're getting called racist by your coworkers all over the place. Like, this is a cancer. Critical race theory is a cancer. And so, yeah, Donald Trump was right to take it uh, out of these sessions, out of the government, uh, out of these agencies. Absolutely. David Rubin, he said, uh, Trump is totally right on critical race theory. It is racist, and it was infecting all our institutions. Biden's response was to call Trump racist right then and there on stage. Do you get it yet? That's exactly what they're teaching. So when you disagree with this theory that's being foisted upon us, uh, you're the racist. That exchange perfectly encapsulates what is wrong with the race discussion as it is held you know, via the uh, critical race theory. Up next, Biden's lack of endorsements and Antifa. First, old Grouch's military surplus in downtown Clyde, uh, do you need some uh, real U.S. military surplus? This is where you got to go. For more than three decades, Old Grouch's military surplus on Main Street in downtown Clyde. Uh, he's got tons of cold weather gear and clothing. This is military grade thermal underwear. And he's got wool sweaters and he's got military field jackets in solid green and in camouflage. He's got wool and fleece toboggans, wool socks, Gore-Tex jackets. He's got everything you need, whether you work outside or you're a hunter. He's got you covered. Okay, he's got emergency kits that you can put together to put in your car. So God forbid anything happens, you're going to be prepared for an emergency. He's got backpacks for the kids, military grade backpacks. They're going to last, uh, last a lot longer than the cheap ones from the big box stores ammo cans all kinds all sizes these are great for storage for not just ammo but um you know tools you can some of the big ones you can use for like a toolbox they're really cool for your truck or your uh trailer you can use them for safe and dry storage whether that's you know for fishing gear uh or you know rifles you need it for your garage or your shed go check out all of the selection at old grouch's military surplus the shop is open monday through saturday across the street from the anti-aircraft gun in downtown Clyde and at oldgrouch.com. So here is the question, then, this uh, uh, the fight that erupts, rather, over Biden's lack of endorsements from law enforcement agencies, and also then this, um, this then shifts into a, an argument over Antifa. Name one group that supports you. Name one group that came out and supported you. Go oh. ahead. 
Look, think. We have time. We don't have time to do no, anything. No, no, think so about right. it. Name one law enforcement folks. group that came well, I think, out and I think, gentlemen, I think I'm going, to I'm going to take back the there moderator's are, role, and I, want, and I want to get to another subject, which is the issue of protests in many cities. So right there, Wallace bailed out Biden again. That have turned violent. In Portland, Oregon especially, we had a, more than 100 straight days of protests, which I think you would agree, you talk about peaceful protests, many of those turned We're into riots. Mr. Vice President, you say that people who commit crimes should be held accountable. The question I have, though, is, as the Democratic nominee, and earlier tonight you said that you are the Democratic Party right now, have you ever called the Democratic mayor of Portland or the Democratic governor of Oregon and said, hey, you got to stop this, bring in the National Guard, do whatever it takes, but you stop the days and months of violence in Portland? I don't hold public office now. I am a former oh vice president. God. I've made it clear... I've made it clear in my public statements that the violence should be prosecuted. It should be prosecuted. And anyone who commits it but should be prosecuted. But you've never called for the people, uh, the, the leader. That. excuse me, sir. You had <laughs> never called for the leaders in Portland and in Oregon to call and bring they, in the National Guard and knock well, off 100 days of riots. They can, in fact, take care of it if he just stay out of the way. Oh, Look here, oh really? Here, oh, really? Here's but the thing. No, no, I sent sir, in the no, wait, U.S. Marshals to get the killer no, of the that, young man in the middle of the street. They shot him. And right. for three Mr. days, President Trump, says, Portland wouldn't do anything. I had to send in the U.S. Marshals. They Trump, took care of business. Go ahead, sir. And, and by the way, you know, his own former spokesperson said, you know, riots and chaos and violence help his cause. That's what this is all about. I don't know who said that. I do. Who? I think who? It, Kellyanne Conway. I don't think she said that. She said that. And so she here's didn't, the, actually. But, but here's the point. Ahead, the point sir. is that that's what he is keeps trying to rile everything up. He doesn't want to calm things down. Instead of going in and talking to people and saying, let's get everybody together, figure out how to deal with this. What's he do? He just pours gasoline in the fire constantly and every single solitary okay, time. And, and to end this, button up this segment, I'm going to give you a minute to answer, sir. You have repeatedly well, criticized... Wait, I have to answer his statement. No, you have his repeatedly... Statement. Wait, you have repeat, no, you've been talking back and forth. He made a forth. statement. I'm asking you... I would a, love no, to you know, end it. Sir, I would love to I, end I, it. And you know, if you want to switch seats... We, we could very quickly. We could do that, but I'd I'm... Send no, in I'm, the National I'm, Guard, it would be over. There'd be no problem. Okay. But they don't want to accept the National Guard. You have repeatedly criticized the the vice president for not specifically calling out Antifa and other left-wing extremist right. groups. But are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups sure. and to say that they need to stand down? Did you just hear him? He said, are you willing to condemn white supremacists and militia groups? And Trump says, sure. He says it right there. He says it right before Wallace is even done asking the question. Trump says, Sure. And not add to the violence in a number of these cities, as we saw in Kenosha and as we've seen in Portland. Sure, Are you I'm prepared to, to do specifically that, do it? Well, I, go would ahead, say, I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing, not from the right so wing. So what, what, what are you saying? I'm, I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say I'm, it. Do it. Say it. This is so. This is so egregious for a moderator to play this game. First off, it's a terrible question because he says, are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups? So once again, here's Chris Wallace conflating white supremacists with militia groups. 
I don't know who you're talking about. And that's what Trump is about to he's about to like request clarification here because it's a poorly framed question. Do you want to call him? What do you want to call him? Give me a name. Give me a white name. White supremacist and white supremacist. Proud boys. boys. Stand back and stand by. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left because this is not a right his wing own, problem. This is, this is a left wing. This is a left wing White supremacist. Antifa is an idea, not an organization. Oh, you got it. Not malicious. That's what oh, his really? it's an FBI. Idea. His okay. FBI director Gentlemen, said, well, then, you know what? No, no, we're done, we're done, sir. Everybody, we're moving on to the next. We're moving on to the next. That's not an idea. Everybody Antifa in your administration tells you the truth is a bad, is a bad idea. Can I tell you what? You have no ideas Antifa, that are Antifa is a dangerous radical. All right, radical gentlemen, group. we're now moving on to the Trump and, and Biden records. They'll overthrow you. When a president, I'm going to ask a question. So notice what happened here. Donald Trump is demanded of him to, you know, condemn white supremacists, militia groups, and the Proud Boys. I got to be honest, I don't really know anything about the Proud Boys, so I'm at a loss to tell you whether or not he should or should not do that. Um, I think it's pretty easy to just say, of course I condemn white supremacists, just like I've done numerous times over the last four years. Like, at some point, guys... How many times do you ask do you ask him this question and make this demand of him? He he constantly does this. Every time you ask him to do it, he does it. But what happens is his contrarianism kicks in, his defiance, you know, syndrome kicks in, and you're like, oh, you better do this. Do it. Do it. Nobody wants to do something when you demand it like that of them. That's like the whole the whole power dynamic on that stage during this question and answer was obviously a two on one. We're going to make you do this. Say it. Say it. There were no better than the people flipping over tables at the outside restaurants, you know, demanding that people raise their fists in solidarity with the Black Lives Matter protest marches. They're no better. But what happens when Antifa comes up? Oh, well, now we're going to move on to the next question. Right. You don't get um, you don't get Chris Wallace demanding that Joe Biden condemn Antifa. No, Joe Biden says, oh, no, it's an idea, not an organization. And that's flat out false, flat out false, as was the quote that he tried to make of the FBI director. I actually have that audio. I'll play it in a minute. First, you know how important your website is to your business. Now more than ever, you want it to turn up in search engine results, you want it to look professional and user-friendly, and you probably know a lot about your business, but not a lot about website design and maintenance. But I know a guy who does. My friend Schaefer Smith at Schaefer Smith Design. Great design can solve a lot of your website's problems. Professional services, corporate, small business, entrepreneurs, Schaefer Smith can help you with graphics and photos, an online store, search engine optimization, website maintenance, and security. He does logos. He did mine for the show. Go to SchaeferSmith.com and get the most out of your website. That's SchaeferSmith.com. All right, here is the actual quote from the FBI Director Christopher Wray. So Antifa is a real thing. Um, it's not a group or an organization. It's a, it's a movement or an, uh, an ideology, maybe one way of thinking of it. And we have uh, quite a number, and I've said this consistently since my first time appearing before this committee, um, we have any number of properly predicated investigations into what we would describe as violent anarchist extremists, and some of those individuals self-identify with uh, with Antifa. 
Right. So uh, it's an ideology, not an organization. Joe Biden called it an idea, not an organization. And then Donald Trump said, uh, when a bat hits you over the head, that's not an idea. This is from the Anti-Defamation League, ADL.org. These violent counter-protesters are often part of Antifa, a loose collection of groups, networks, and individuals who believe in active, aggressive opposition to far right-wing movements. Their ideology is rooted in the assumption that the Nazi party would never have been able to come to power in Germany if people had more aggressively fought them in the streets in the 20s and 30s. Most Antifa come from the anarchist movement or from the far left, although some in the 2016 presidential election Uh, or rather since the 2016 election, some people with more mainstream political backgrounds have also joined their ranks. Antifa is not a unified group. It is a loose collection of local and regional groups and individuals. Well, what is a group? What's a loose connection of local and regional groups and individuals? There is some organization. Right. This is the same thing as the Tea Party, folks, when people were trying to, you know, take shots at the Tea Party and who's a spokesperson for the Tea Party. There wasn't a national Tea Party movement. It was a philosophy. There were lots of local groups and there are pros and cons to that kind of a structure. But it didn't make the Tea Party any less organized. They were. They were organized on social media, just like Antifa. So this idea that they're not organized, it's not true. Stephen Miller uh, pointed out that Chris Wallace grilled Trump on his supporters taking to the streets when Antifa is actually the ones burning businesses down right now. Why didn't Wallace ask Biden to condemn Antifa or Black Lives Matter? Ash Short, a writer, she says Biden said he is the Democratic Party and he told the Ukrainian president that he'd keep working with him during the Trump administration. Yet when asked why he wasn't calling the mayor of Portland to stop the riots, he's all like, oh, I'm not an elected official. Again, you're either the Democratic Party or you're not, Joe. You can't have your cake and eat it, too. By the way, the Proud Boys, super happy about Donald Trump's comment right there because he said, I would tell them to to, uh, stand Uh, To stand down, right, stand back, what was it, stand back, stand down, Uh, yeah, stand back and stand by. And so the Proud Boys took the second part of that and they said, Proud Boys, standing by, because they took it to mean like, stand by in case we need you. I'm not so sure Trump meant it like that. Um, I think he was saying, you know, stand back, stand by, like bystander, like be out of the way. But... um, he has not earned the right to give to get the benefit of the doubt on stuff he says, particularly on these types of matters. So, again, this is part of the problem when you're not a good communicator. Um, you want a good communicator, by the way, when you're selling your house or buying a house. Rowena Patton and her all-star powerhouse team, uh, they outsell 99% of the realtors in North Carolina. If you are thinking about buying a home or selling a home, call the only agent that I called when Christy and I were looking to buy um, and we're in the process now, uh, we called Rowena Patton. Uh, trying to sell a house right now can be kind of challenging, but also if you price it right and you know what your house is worth and you have the right real estate agent, it can move very, very quickly because people are trying to get here to the mountain. So give her a call, 333-4483, mountainhomehunt.com is the website. That's 333-4483, mountainhomehunt.com. Call Rowena Patton and her all-star powerhouse team today and uh, then start packing. 
All right, I have tried to pack a lot of information into this episode. I did not get to all of the big topics today. For example, I didn't get to the peaceful transition of power, the election integrity issue, Trump's taxes, Chris Wallace. Um, I will give you some uh, some of the uh, reactions, though, sort of overall to the candidate's performance. Um, this came out of a focus group by Republican pollster Frank Luntz. He convened a focus group of 16 purportedly undecided voters from swing states. And in general, they had kinder things to say about Biden's performance than Donald Trump's. Um, they were asked to describe Trump in one word or phrase. The responses were, quote, horrid, chaotic, unpolished, crackhead, eh, puzzling, un-American, unhinged, an ass, but a confident ass, classic Trump, forceful, unhinged, a bully, arrogant, or typical, or and typical. Then asked to describe Biden, and the responses were, I was surprised at how well he did. Better than expected. Definitely more professional than Trump. I think more a people person. Competent. Politician. Showed restraint and compassion. Politician. Predictable. Nice guy, but lacking vision. Coherent. A leader. Attentive and rehearsed. Somewhat evasive. Humanity and integrity predictable and presidential. There was also a um, a focus group uh, of Spanish-speaking viewers of Telemundo, and they expressed their preference of who won the presidential debate among Telemundo's audience, right? 66% said Donald Trump. 34% said Joe Biden. You didn't see that coming, did you? I think there's going to be a lot of stuff that uh, we didn't see coming in this election. Alrighty, that's a wrap for this episode. Remember, subscribe to the podcast. That's the best way you can help me out. And give it a positive review if you'd like. And uh, maybe consider becoming a patron of the program. You'll get cool stuff. You get exclusive contents, live streams, for example. Links are at thepetecalendarshow.com and in the description of the podcast. Thanks so much for listening and the support. We'll talk with you later. Don't break anything while I'm gone. <laughs>